You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Sid Talk. Yes? What should you never do when you're using a camera? <laughs> are you exposing me to the world for one <laughs> little mistake? <laughs> do you mean my $400 camera? You mean that one? Is that what you're saying? That I was putting on $1 fake fingernails with the included super glue, and I touched a button, and now it doesn't work. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. What really, what's basically happened is... Su- I just said it. I had super glue on my finger, and I touched a button, and yeah, but the button you did, doesn't it, work. Did you, did you only just touch the button, or did you... I would have been pressing the button to look at the menu. Right, so some got on and then dripped down inside, I think. Right, and then it... You know, it had to have worked a bit that day because that was the beginning of the day, but it eventually just yeah stopped working. The camera works. I can take pictures. I just can't change anything in the <laughs> menu. <laughs> and it's not funny, except that it's only my fault. You know, it's easy to blame companies and products yeah. for being shitty. This was just no. me doing fingernails in the car to go to my friend's daughter's shower to take pictures and i had the glue on the finger and i went to take a picture i think i was actually taking a picture of the fingernails in the car which is really you know i was in a loop there so. <laughs> and because of <laughs> so now i'm on the hunt for uh i'm gonna have to get that fixed and i'll probably buy a backup camera anyway. i was gonna say what i am um, what is a good thing is that you bought a cheaper camera to begin with cheaper it's like a oh, that's not it's, cheap. It was three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Yeah. Imagine if it was three thousand dollars and that happened. Well, if it was three thousand and the price to fix it was two hundred, which it is from Nikon. Then the two hundred wouldn't seem like such a big deal, but the two hundred is half the price of what I paid, so that's why it's like ah, oh, but yeah, I they, can't fix it. So the um, yeah, they charge you two hundred to fix yeah. it. Nikon that seems high, but it probably isn't. And I can just use it the way it is. I just can't ever change anything in any menu <laughs> ever again. Yeah, you know just, what you can't do as well? Um, format a card. That's all in the menu. That's true. Yeah, you really need... Imagine like you had a TV, right? Are you trying to talk me into spending this uh, $200? I, I'm talking to the listeners. Imagine if you had a TV and you couldn't actually change any of the settings. So, Well, TV's different. Once you set it, it's fine. Yeah, well, let's say it's not been set and you can't get to anything. Yeah, but you wouldn't be putting on fingernails and then touching your TV. No, oh, you would might. You? <laughs> <laughs> you never know. I'm sure somebody has. I'm sure everything that so you I don't, can think. But the thing is, no one can pity someone who buys a $400 camera because that was a luxury item. Fair enough. I spent it. I'm the one that touched it with. And then someone would say, you can afford a $400 camera, but you bought $1 fingernails. Yeah, I had to buy $1 fingernails because I bought a $400 camera. That's how my luxury budget works. <laughs> But it all has to go in one direction or the other. When you say, when you said to me, "Oh, what are you talking about? Just a four hundred dollar camera?" What I have learned about cameras in the last several months <laughs> is a four hundred dollar camera. While that might seem expensive to some, is on the cameras are cameras go right up there. They're yep. ridiculous. The prices of cameras. the next one that I'll buy as a additional camera. And it sounds extravagant as well, but I am going to take pictures at a wedding and then hopefully take other pictures. For other people, for other things, like start doing some senior pictures or maybe other events and to have a, another camera is just a good idea if you're going to actually do it. 
So the next one up is another $200. Right. And still, we're only in the middle of what cameras cost. Yeah, totally. Right. So cameras, I always thought, like, over time, cameras had become cheaper and cheaper. But you can easily spend $3,500 on yeah. a camera. Correct. If you get right up there. Oh, I looked at my credit card limit. Trust me. I was like, hmm, well, should I just go for it? No, I'm not going to. I can do the next step up one easily for my current budget, but anything further and get this one fixed. So you have to factor in that $200. Again, a $3,000 camera. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's like the Ferrari. It's like buying a Ferrari. Yeah. You don't need a Ferrari, but it, they're really nice. I think that's the same in cameras. I think my right? philosophy is I won't buy any individual item for my house or for myself. That's more, more than one mortgage payment other than my car. Even if I just bought a stove, it was well under that. It was only just a bit more than the camera was. This I wouldn't buy a couch that's more than cheaper. my mortgage. I wouldn't buy a lawnmower that's more than my mortgage. That's kind of my standard of... But, I mean, those are functional items. This is a luxury item. But. All right, so that's camera talk for this week. <laughs> We're the new Tony and Camera Chelsea. and fake fingernails, just so you know. They were Dollar General. I was in the parking lot at Dollar General in my car on a hot day, putting them on. DG. Very classy. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, this is uh, Saturday, August the 25th. And this is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. And this is episode 545. We're looking at a movie this week on Blu-ray called Beast. It's released on September the 4th. So we're a little bit early with this review. It's rated R. And our friends at Lionsgate sent us a copy for review. Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of the movie, Beast. Mm, I find it hard to describe, so I'll just say what they call it, a psychological thriller. I'll call it a pulse pounder. That's what the box says. <laughs> a young woman who's had a troubled past falls for a guy who might have a troubled past, who's also implicated in potential horrible things. Yes. And that's it. I don't want to do spoilers, so I'm going to leave that to you. If you're listening to this, you'll probably hear some spoilers. It will ruin the whole vibe because we knew nothing. As far as I know, you knew nothing. I knew nothing about this movie. In fact, I kept having these wild theories throughout, and I was just glad I didn't know what it was about because I could just speculate and think all kinds of things as it was going on. So, go away if you've not seen this movie yet. <laughs> or just press pause. Because we, we will talk about the movie in detail. So... Uh, goodbye to all the people who went away and hello to all the people who stood. <gasps> oh, now we can talk about all of them. All right. So uh, Beast is a small independent British movie. It's been doing the rounds at the festivals recently and got picked up by Lionsgate. Um, I had not heard of it. I had read the press release. That is all I'd read. And the press release didn't actually go into much apart from, oh, there's a there's some troubled youths. They're not really youths. Are they? No. <laughs> but um 27 years old is not really a youth no uh so what did you think first of the movie beast i loved it did you it's a it's like a it's a thriller would you say like a not to me i don't know where they came up with that but did they come up with that that's what you said that's what they said about on the texture that it was a psychological thriller which i disagree right. with but it's more it's it's like a drama like it feels like an independent drama. With that's crime it. crime involvement. You know, there's a bit of crime. There's yeah, that but kind of that's thing. peripheral to yeah. the theme, to the actual underlying 
truth about these characters. And it's more just to me a drama, character-driven drama. So this guy hasn't directed anything before uh, feature length. And uh, what I was mostly impressed by on this movie is the cinematography. And the it's a really quiet movie. Like, a lot of the scenes are quiet. And I don't mean quiet, like, audibly quiet. I mean, there's a lot of, like, brooding and intensity to it from most people in the movie, to be honest. And at first I was, like, thinking it was one thing. And then in the middle I was thinking something else. And then at the end I was thinking something else. Do you get what I'm saying with that? I mean, I don't know specifically because like I can't I tried to mind. figure it out in yeah, my mind too. as I was going along, and it actually didn't turn out as I had figured it. I thought I'd got a full handle about two thirds of the way through. I thought I knew exactly what was going to happen, and what happened at the end was not that. <laughs> so I actually appreciate that because usually when I've actually when I'm watching something, and you know your movie brain because you've seen so many movies goes, oh well, there's only. There's probably three outcomes to this, and I bet you it's number two. You know, the outcome number two. And it turns out it's not that. It's It was one of the outcomes I thought of, but it wasn't what it was kind of leading to. Now, with some spoilers, what did you think was going, going on? With spoilers? Yeah, you can spoil. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. I don't want to, though. I know people think they don't care, but then... No, people have gone away now who okay. care. Um, my initial thought was we're going into fairy tale land, but in a very indie way. Because of Beast was one of the things for me. Beasts, yes. I mean, I kind of thought that would be like criminal beast, but then instantly she uh, pulls that hair out of her chin. That's the opening scene. Yeah, and I was like, okay, okay. So we're not going to know that this Just explain is, that, what it was exactly. Well, she's just looking in the mirror, and there's a big, long like, black hair growing out of her neck, out of her chin. And the tension is there, and you get this vibe that she's quiet, but there's something brewing inside of her. And you also are immediately introduced to the news that three young women have been murdered and one is now missing. And then she plucks this hair out of her neck, out of her chin. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're talking about a werewolf. <laughs> I mean, I just went there, you know, I'm sure I'm, I fell for the bait. I actually went there almost to meet. I was like, okay, this yeah. is, this is a fairy tale or some, or a horror movie. Even, yeah. Possibly. That's what I thought. Yeah. And, so and essentially it is, it's just not that. Yeah. Or is it? See, that's the thing. Right. You still don't know. So that's where my mind went. So I always had the vibe. She's going to have the beast inside of her. And we just happened to meet along the way other people. And it's sort of like that. It's shining a light on the beast in everyone. Everyone has a temper. Everyone can be vile and hateful. Everyone on different levels. Yeah. And so she and her love interest just sort of take it to a different kind of level. Um, well, I was, um, she's a young, you know, 20, what did Seven. you say? 27, 27 year old woman. And she's living with her parents. And... At the beginning, what I got from this, I don't know. She's, it's her birthday, and there's a, you know, they're fairly posh. They live on an island, the Jersey Islands. And she's in the back garden, and they're having a party for her. You know, there's balloons, everybody's drinking champagne, uh, wine. And 
she's kind of off to the side and nobody's really paying that much attention to her. Everybody seems involved in their own thing. You find out later, though, that she's had problems in the past and she, she is sort of the outcast of the family. Yeah. And so everyone just, they're very, very rich and very, very snobby. And so, so the idea is, in fact, that party wasn't for her at all. It was so her no. sister could announce her own pregnancy. And so everyone, like, avoids this girl, this young woman. Well, she's, she's just a woman now. She's not a young woman. She's 27. Um, and that, you know, you don't know that till later, but that called back to them, like, oh, that's why they're all just like, oh, do we really have to go have But during that scene, not knowing any of that, you don't know that, you don't know anything about her apart from she pulled her hair out of her neck. And the music and the vibe, though, is like she's, something's brewing. Yeah. And I mean, she stood there and she is, oh, she actually says this really cool thing about whales, remember? The, yep. About, yep. like, they're, they're the whales who get the killer whales who get in put in captivity will because they send out sound waves. They come back at them from the walls of their well prison cells, I guess you could call them. And it drives them kind of insane. And that she even saw where one of them broke all of his teeth out trying to escape because she mentioned that they look like they're always smiling. And that while she's saying that, she's smiling at people. You see her face. Yeah. And then she says they he didn't want to smile anymore. And then she, you go like, oh, okay, she's got, she's got secrets. Yeah, so what I got from that whole party, though, not knowing anything about her apart from she's, she's saying this well thing, I was like, oh, well, she, you know, she's in this privileged family and there's a sister and there's a mother and a mother seems very harsh and... She feels like the, I felt her as though I'm just like a the back seat of this family. Like I'm just you know I'm over here in the corner. I've done yeah. I didn't even. I mean there was no. You don't know she did anything at that point. But I was like, well, you know. And then a sister announces a pregnancy, and you're like, and the whole birthday party turns into a pregnancy party, right? All yeah. of a sudden, and she's just like, oh, and leaves at that point. But I was like, yeah, that's like the, you know, like they always say like, the, is it the middle child who gets kind of scooted off a bit and ignored? She's not. She. I'm not saying she is, but isn't that in? Isn't that? She in, looks like I was the, an only child. So I don't know. Is that? She in, looks older than this other girl to me. Oh, I was thinking the other girl was older, but don't think so. Um, I think the sister is younger than her. But she just seems to live this like, I'm not, I'm not the one who this family is focusing on, like. But then you find out she's been their entire focus for the last 14 years right. because the mother quit her job to homeschool her because she had a violent episode and she's been the focus of them basically trying to hide her away, I'm assuming. Not hide her like in the attic, but keep her away from everyone. Keep her subdued by being extremely hateful to her and controlling her emotionally so that she doesn't basically embarrass them again or cause their family any more grief. So she's been the entire focus, I think, of their family. And but, not just, they don't just. But in control, a bad way. Yeah, they don't just control her emotionally. They literally, like, watch every. Like, where, where are you now? Where are you? You're supposed to be in here. Yeah. Like, she's, like, watched. So when she disappears after that party and goes to a nightclub, and then one thing leads to another and she meets this guy, what did you think with this guy? Did Were you immediately trusting of him? Did you. Because he seemed charming or. Do you want me to tell you what my theory was immediately? Yeah. Did you, <laughs> think, I was he, very, I was did you very, think he was a beast? <laughs> no, I was, you still very, on that? I was very, very, very wrong. No, no, no. I'm still in fairy tale mode. 
that we're going to discover that she's the... Okay, I'm just going to lay it out there. Here's my script. Uh, she's a quiet, assuming, rich girl who's had a bad past, or young woman, woman. And what no one knows is that she's actually a werewolf. She's killed these three girls and possibly more in the past. We don't know. Like, none of this is spoken. It's all in my mind. So now this guy comes along because another guy tries to, like, rape her, basically, and he saves her. But he's got a gun in his hand, he's got blood on his hands, and he's kind of too cool for school. And he looks at her really pointedly. Okay, at that point in my script, he <laughs> is a werewolf hunter. And he knows what she is. Oh, wow, you really went off and now the page. He's trying- <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm on my page. I'm not on their page. <laughs> so he is now the hunter, and because it's very hunt, they talk a lot about hunting and wildlife and her being wild and a beast. No, not be a beast, but animalistic and all these things. And now here he's introduced as sort of the what's the what's the Dracula hunter called? Yeah, the yeah 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 Van Helsing. Yeah, so he's that, but werewolf guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's and that it's, he's now baiting her and getting her in a trap. And that like when the sliding glass doors open a couple times at night, I'm like, well, see, that's him because he knows that like if you open the door, your dog's gonna run out. Basically, and he's trying to get her to go attack someone else so that he can catch her. I don't know. I mean, that's not so ridiculous. That's where I was going. That's, none of that is ridiculous, but that is not this movie that at all. That is not this movie at all. No. And I was glad because I, when I have this really strong thing about a movie, I'm like, well, I mean, this one would be interesting. I'm happy to have that be it. But then it just started going, kind of leveling off my thinking. And then it didn't. It wasn't that he was not a werewolf hunter. I can assure you. And these ki- <laughs> these killings in the in the island are strongly kind of being linked to this guy. Um. Well, people are like, well, it's that guy, you know, it's yeah. that thing, isn't it? It's that Pascal guy, probably, because he seems moody and he doesn't really like anybody and he's just weird. Um, right, but then my mind, because I'm like, he's a werewolf hunter, that every time someone was murdered, he was there, but he couldn't catch the beast, and so his his DNA was there, it's because he was examining the body before anyone else got there. Right, I didn't and have none he, of that. <laughs> but what I, I know, did, I made it up. But what I did think was... I was watching a whole different movie. Um, you know, I never thought it was him, because mm. it seemed too obvious. Like, I was like, oh, there's this guy, he's been introduced... He's a bit weird. He's intense. It's a bit too obvious. It's a bit too obvious. So my my mind went to, well, she is the killer of these girls. It's her. Right? Right. Almost immediately. Because she is also a little bit odd, intense, and uh, estranged from people. Like, she's very to herself. So I was... So my mind went that way, just that this is like a killer story and she is the killer, but we're not going to find out till the last minute that it's her. So I was wrong too. <laughs> that's good though. That's the, <laughs> that's a good thing about movies that yeah. if you're telling a story and I think I've figured you out because I've watched so many movies and heard so many other stories and then it's not that, that's pretty good. Yeah. FYI, so- Mr. Nephew is now on my Facebook. Does that mean he's... On his computer? Is this anything to do with this review? <laughs> no. <laughs> Just caught my eye. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's not it's not that. Um, but like I say, there's probably three ways the story could go, and it went one of them, right? Uh, I didn't know the... Uh, I didn't think of the way it went, no. Did you... 
if I have a problem with the movie at all, it's the ending. And I, you know, Ooh, I like yeah. things when they're, I like things explained, but I think in this case, I would have liked it less explained at the end and more like, oh. Who? I wanted more explanation. See, I wanted less. I, I think this would have worked better as a don't tell you much at all at the end and it just cut out, you know, just end. Whereas it goes into like great lengths to explain what happened, which it made it made it feel a little bit cheaper than it should, you know, like because it didn't need spelling out really. I mean, and like I say, I didn't know what was I didn't know who had done what. There were some murders. I didn't know who'd done the murders. I had my own suspicions, but the suspicions were wrong. But the movie makes it clear, doesn't it, that what happened? Yeah, but. I'm glad because then there's still the mystery about what, you know, she is. Because we don't know 100%. That's no. the mystery. Maybe she's a little red riding hood. She's got red hair. Oh, I didn't. Oh my God. <laughs> you just added a whole new <laughs> chapter to my. Oh my God. Yeah, How could that not occur to me? That he could have been the big bad wolf and she could have been, yeah. oh my God, I'm going to have to watch it again and make up a whole other story to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my God. A lot of the visuals and the way it is portrayed, there is definitely, if anybody says when they were making this movie, they weren't going for a fairy tale vibe in some way. It, it does come across that way. Like to me, it did. I was thinking this is like a really fucked up fairy tale, right? <laughs> um, it isn't, but is it? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Because there are weird things in it. There are like, there are rabbits. And, you know, there are th there are things in it that where you're like, does that actually mean anything? Because he's hunting for rabbits, right? And he's yeah. got some dead rabbits in the back of his car. And it makes it very clear to show you there's some dead rabbits in the car. And he also gives her like a book, the rabbit book, which is almost like a, the way it's presented is like it's a fairy tale book or something. Yeah. Even though it's not. So there's a lot of these like visual things where you're like, oh, this is kind of a weird fairy tale, right? But then as it, when it comes to a conclusion, it's not, it's not actually that, right? Or is it? Exactly. <laughs> because that very last shot of her with her very striking red hair looking at the camera, you know, it looks like Hansel and Gretel or something. It's like, or is that just your mind playing tricks with you? Like going, oh, well, I've seen things in this movie that lead me to believe it might be a weird fairy tale. But is it or isn't it? Like, you know? I mean, another person could watch it and not see any of that, right? Absolutely. I think a lot of people would watch this and be extremely bored. Just think it's a straight up, like, mystery, murder boring, mystery. Boring, yeah. boring movie. Because I love it, but I totally get why people would think that. Yeah, no, I, I have a um, proclivity. Is that the right word? Do you need some uh, antibiotics for that? <laughs> <laughs> I need a bit of cream. Um, no, um, for this type of movie, I like I like slow burn, dramatic. There's some really good performances in this movie. Those two together, it's like it's it's all it's steamy, right? Like it's like a sexual thing, but it's also like really creepy. Like and also you because you don't know as you're watching it. Is that is this guy a psychopath? <laughs> like you know, yeah. it is she in danger or is he in danger? Like I, that's what I kept thinking. Whenever they were together, while, while it felt sexy, 
it also felt like somebody is in danger, right? All the time. When You know when he first comes over to the house to fix that bench? And he's smoking in the house. but he's And then he wipes that thing off her face. She's got some crumbs on her lip. And he just wipes them off. And she likes that. You can see immediately, oh, like this guy's cool, you know. But I was like, you're looking at him as though he's cool. I'm thinking he's going to chop your head off in a minute. Like, I was thinking a, he was gathering DNA evidence. Yeah, because I, he's I was thinking wolf he was hunter. up to something. You know, I've seen The Guest. You know, we watched several different movies today, all wrapped up into one. Yeah, but it, I guess that's why I really like this, because it, it kind of leads you down the garden path a bit. If you've watched any movies, which you all have, it does that thing where you're watching it going, okay, I've seen this movie before. He's the thing, and that's the deal. But <laughs> that's very I'm, I'm being vague there, like, but it it takes you down that path. I've seen this movie before. I know where this is going. I know, yeah, okay, he's coming into the house. He's making himself at home, kind of thing. You know, he's a he's very confident. He doesn't seem bothered by the mother. And you know, the guest. I tell you, the movie, the guest. That's how that you know this confident young man turns up, and he turns out to be. Not quite what he seems. That's what I was thought this was, but it isn't that. Oh, it is. I mean, it's not quite what he <laughs> seems, but it's really it's not, not what he seems. But it is the vibe that you get. You kind of aren't shocked yeah. as you as the thing unravels. And there's some really great scenes between them two. You know the scene where they where I said, "Oh, I hate it when people order food in a movie and don't eat it." That scene in particular, it was astonishing. I thought, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, you know, she's pretty much offering herself up, like, fully. (laughs) Everything about her. And it's just, like, a really intense moment. And there's, like, a really... The the waiter's asking, are they okay? Like, in the the background. You can hear him, like, saying, are you okay? Do you need, like, mayonnaise or or ketchup? But this, like, super intense thing is taking place between them. And it's just really... I just thought that was really well done, the way he was muffled. And it was just them eye contact between each other. Because it felt realistic. We've yeah. all had intense discussions as we sit at and, a dinner table and the waiter comes But the world's still <laughs> over there doing <laughs> exactly. its thing. <laughs> you can't. Exactly. So I love that. I loved the scene when they first met, actually, and when he fired his gun. And uh, they locked eyes on each other. You know something's going to go down almost immediately. Um, and then there's the scene where he goes to see her sing because she's in a choir. And she's singing at this, like, village fete. And you know that guy who's... They're being violent over there, those guys. <laughs> what do you suppose was happening over there? I mean, they thought that he was... Yeah. 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 You know, did did um, sharp objects come into your mind quite a bit during this movie? Not even once. That oh, was it one, did for sto- me. One, one trajectory I didn't go on. Sharp objects came into my mind so many times. And, you know, it was related to the mother. I kept thinking, oh, okay. Seen- oh, I did think oh, there are lots of bad mothers in fictional stories, <laughs> but I didn't really think. I probably the- was thinking of her because she was in one of the previews, also the lady who plays the mother in Sharp Objects. Right, and in Sharp Objects, you know that episode that we watched a few weeks ago where they have the big the yeah. recreation in the back garden? That was almost like this place, you know, and it's just it's just awkward and everybody's been trying to, you know, the part where he was, uh, where he, they went to the dinner and he was wearing jeans as well. Like it was a really yes. posh place. Oh my god, that was like so uncomfortable. Yeah, there's just a lot of that in this movie. It's the the scenes are really intense. Everybody plays it really well. I can't really fault the acting. Oh no, 
think it's really good. I mean, there are times when throughout the whole movie, performances, writing, mood, the slowness of the editing, at times it was up its own ass. I can't deny that even though I really enjoyed it. It was trying a little too hard at times to be, to give it that, um, what's it, what was it called? American Honey or, yeah, like Sharp Objects or... Some other, or even like um, True Detective, you know, like trying to get that grunge and that like, I don't know, the 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 very bassy music and the like. I mean, it does a lot of that where the camera just lingers yeah, and like, the sunshine coming through the window. Yeah, and sometimes it's like you're just doing that trick to evoke this thing, which is what uh, video is all about for us to see pictures and us tell us a story. But at times, it felt a little forced. So if I cut those out, trim them down a bit here and there. Even the performances at time were just a little bit pouty from her, even though I really liked her. Um, just a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Because here I'm thinking she's a werewolf, so she was kind of being a little too calm. <laughs> so, so your fantastical version of this, <laughs> does does the actual version of this let you down then? Because you no, were expecting no, that. No, not at all. Because, I mean, I like being wrong. When I'm watching a movie, when that what it does is like, whoa, oh, no, I didn't mind at all. In fact, if it had gone my way, I'd probably be like, yeah, obvious. You see, um, <laughs> you see on the front cover of this movie, it says Beast, be careful what you unleash. It even makes it seem like a horror movie. Correct. That cover, if I looked at that cover on Netflix, so I was browsing through, I would think this is a horror movie. Yeah, but I mean, the idea is correct. Because the guy says horrible things to her, who seems who says he likes her, but then he, he quickly turns and becomes a jerk. And then the guy she falls in love with quickly turns into a jerk. Her mother is a jerk. Her sister is a jerk. Passive-aggressive, but a jerk by telling police, the waitress. Police guy is a jerk. That's what I was talking about. The guy who likes her. Yeah. The lady who interviewed her in the police, she was also had her like crossing point where she flipped a little bit. And you know she's being professional, and then all of a sudden she... Just, turns into the her beast, her version of the beast. So I think it's just that. Yeah. Everybody is that. But what you don't want is for whatever these two are. Right. You know, because at one point she cuts her hand and it doesn't hurt her. And then he messes with it and he's like, that doesn't hurt. And she's like, no. And it's like a really horrible cut on her hand. So you know there's something going wrong with her. Yeah. So um, the cast here, uh, Geraldine James plays Hillary Huntington. She's the uh, mother, actually. I put down the mother first, not sure why. Um, we've seen her before, right? And that's where I said yeah. she reminded me of Sharp Objects Lady, but she's not. She's been in a lot of stuff, um, including um, Rogue One, actually. What do you think of her, her as this mother? This mother's... Super bitch, so she was good. <laughs> yeah, it's very similar to the Sharp Objects mother, just it's that kind of character, isn't it? It's the controlling, like, you can't... You can't win <laughs> at all against her. Like she's just insane, intense. Like I liked her a lot. Um, the main girl in this um, beast is Jessie Buckley. She plays Mall. And um, I was reading about her, thinking I've never seen her before. I know I haven't seen her before. And I looked her up, and she's from a musical background. She won a Irish TV show, like one of these talent contest type things to win a part in an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical, which she actually was in for a while. But she's a stage singer, musical actress. 
And this is her first feature movie, and it's her first movie that's not a musical or anything like that. This is just intense drama. I think she did fantastic for her first, you know, appearance. What do you think? I I mean, I want to see more, so... I mean, she's really... she She's very... When the camera's looking, uh, she's very intense looking, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of it, she's a redhead. A lot of it's down to a styling, how they've styled her. She's got a very particular haircut. And they do a lot, when you said about the artistic nature of this movie, they do a lot of like the light going through her hair and like silhouette pictures of her sometimes when she's wandering about. But she looks really striking on the screen. And then... The other side of that is she's really intense when she does things. You know that part where she screams at that man? Yeah. How That's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, um, you know, when you talk about the this movie being called Beast, it's like she is being a beast at that point. Correct. Like, like it's an animal noise that's coming out of her. And it's just, she basically, these guys are getting a bit threatening with her. And she just makes a noise in the face. It's a scream, but it's also guttural. And it Kind of. I mean, it's just a scream we would all make. But they go away. Like, it actually has the correct... Yeah, because um, she looks crazy. Yeah. She doesn't look like a beast. But I feel, I feel like that is like her, like, she just revert into like some, you know, beast. But then she pulls it back, and then she does that later, and then she doesn't pull it back. So I think we're unleashed. Yeah. That scene where she goes to see the girl in the uh, department store, that's intense as hell. Yes. She, you know, she did something in the past and she tries to go. That she's deluded about in her own mind. Right. It isn't what she remembers. She tries to go and fix it in her own mind, uh, which doesn't work out so well. Uh, Johnny, and then Johnny Flynn plays Pascal Renault. Renault? What do you think of Johnny Flynn? He was good. He had, he kind of flip-flopped a little bit at times. At first, he was kind of quite intense and pretty when he first rescues her. And then some of the first scenes, you know, he is cool and grounded and solid and sort of like representing that hunter isolated guy that he starts out to be. But then there are times when he loses it, his, he kind of lightens up and all of a sudden I look at him like, you're just like some, I don't know, 20 something annoying <laughs> dude for a minute. Cause he loses that intensity and then the next scene, it's right back. It's like I can't his, think his, of a scene where he wasn't down. intense, though. Oh, there were a few where he just lightens up a little bit too much for what you find out throughout the movie about him. So that would be my only complaint. He's, like, pretty brooding. I kept thinking of Ryan Gosling all the time. British Ryan Gosling, I kept thinking. No, not even close. Oh, my God, men are hilarious. Just the way, he's, no not the way he looks, the way he kind of is really... In, invested in it like you know but then it goes away sometimes yeah so i mean to me it went away sometimes but um i liked him i'd like to see more of him you know in i'd like to see a different character from him to see if that was just a one-off kind of thing yeah this is directed by michael pierce who's directed a bunch of uh short movies but never a feature film this is his first feature film you know what for a first feature film this is excellent it's well made Definitely well made. It is. It's actually when I, it's classy looking. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's. It looks. It's beautiful. I'm sure it. Yeah, I don't think it had a super high budget or anything like that. 
it, but it doesn't feel like a. Sometimes movies like this, first features, they come across as like a student film or a bit like cheap. This doesn't. This feels like top notch all the time, like a really high end movie. And I think there are problems with the actual story. Like I say, I don't like the end particularly. I thought it kind of started to fall apart a bit with the car part, you know? Mm. I would have liked to not seen that bit. And you know the part where I just said to you, the really intense scene where they're talking at the table? Yeah. I'd like to see it end there. Like, that's where I've just felt it kind of went on a little bit too much. Oh, I disagree. I wanted more even after that. So, disagree with you. So, if I would have made this film, it would have ended at It would have been bad. No, I think it would have been better. (laughs) No, it for my taste anyway. Like I, like I say to you, I'd like a bit less information and a bit more. They can't have much less. They don't actually give up much. Yeah, it's a bit more information, though. No, dinner tells you everything, and yeah. the rest is just to. It's unleashing what needed to be unleashed. Right. So, but like I say, for me, once it again, didn't need you're to be not unleashed. correct, but that's okay. So extras on the Blu-ray, um, you get. Uh, the making of Beast, a look at Beast, and when you think, oh, look at Beast, that'll be cool. It's actually just a photo gallery, like still photos. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. They're not actually full screen even, so if you've got a small TV, good luck watching those little photos. And there's also a theatrical trailer, so not much. And the making of Beast, it's not much either. Um, it's It's like five minutes long. It's not really the making of Beast. It's a couple of interviews. Uh... It's not great. It's just one of those. Also, yeah. also during that um, making of Beast, they interview some people outside on top of a hill, and it's really windy, and you can barely hear what they say. Yeah, saying. it's funny. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, you got your film looking awesome. Why can't you uh, interview your people indoors at least, or get a good microphone? It's weird. So the extras are not what you would come to this movie for. Um, it's the movie itself. And... I really recommend it. Again, I think it has some flaws. They're just to me, though, because those flaws don't apply to you. So, um, but I'd recommend it. I think it's a really intense. Um, what is really great about it is that it, I am a really, I could, I've watched so many movies, I always think I can figure a movie out. And I didn't figure this movie out. So that's a win in my book. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, you might figure it out straight away, but I thought i had but i didn't so uh and you would recommend too i mean it depends not to everybody because some people i know would be like oh my god it's so would you boring recommend to a, a certain film goer one specific one i'd recommend it to you <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i just think if you like subtle quiet dramatic Highly dramatic, highly unsettling. If you've watched Ghost for per our instruction or our, any of our recommendations or some of these others that I mentioned, Ghost, Ghost. You mean you know. with Patrick Swayze? No, no, the other, Ghost Story. Sorry, <laughs> Ghost Story. And don't even tell your joke. Don't even tell it. <laughs> ghost Story with oh. what's his face? Oh yeah, Affleck. Um, not Ben, but the other one, not Batman. <laughs> Manchester on the sea guy um, um, that if you can if you've watched that and that type of movie where it's just you just settle in and let it sort of wash over you or tree of life by Malik or you know anything like that where it's just not about like 
We're here to. Well, this is not avant-garde in any way. Let's not avant-garde. Not, let's not get that. Either of those. Um, well, ghost story, you could say it's not a, avant-garde. There's a woman eating a cake for ten minutes. Or it does pie. not avant-garde. Yeah. You don't know the definition of avant-garde, unfortunately. I'll, I'll teach you that Well, later. let's not say avant-garde. Let's say artistic. That's what this is as well. Because no, the it, this moments, is not like those movies. Disagree. Because the moments of watching her slowly spin, slowly look, slowly walk, the, the vibe and the, the way the shots are composed, there is this, like, brooding bigger thing and you just feel it like uh, it's it's like that rumble inside of you that's what all those do it may look a little different it may have a different story to tell but it they're all that you know you got to just settle in and enjoy the ride and don't and you know don't get bored along the way if you're if you're impatient so those are the people i'd recommend it to um yes so if you're if you are like us and you like a nice dramatic movie, this is the one for you. And I bet you a lot of people haven't heard of this movie. Um, True. Because it's such a small, independent film. But Lionsgate put it out, so you, you will see it on the shelves, but might not know what it is. And now you do. So um, thanks to Lionsgate for sending us a Blu-ray for a review. Next week, we're looking at a, another Lionsgate release, actually, uh, called Woman Walks Ahead. It's a Western um, you don't see many westerns these days, and uh, it attracted me to it. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, we'll look at a western next week. So, movie recommendations. Watching this movie, <laughs> and this movie is nothing like this movie, but for some reason it kept cropping into my head. Eden Lake. Remember Eden Lake? Yes. Why would I think of Eden Lake watching this movie? Don't know. Kept thinking of it. Um... It's a British movie. That's the only thing I could think of. Uh, it's a horror movie, Eden Lake. It's really intense. It's a horror movie. And the horror of the movie is a very realistic thing, not like a stalker in the woods or whatever, right? That's what makes it scary. Yeah. It's, it's an actual thing that really could happen. So, Eden Lake. And my second one is, watching this movie, I said to you, if they were ever to make a live-action remake of Pixar's Brave, this would be the lady who should take the part. Hillary. <laughs> I mean, uh, Jesse Buckley. So you're recommending Brave? I am recommending Brave. It's one of my favorite Pixar movies, and nobody ever talks about Brave. You know? They talk about Toy Story, they talk about Cars. Do you ever hear Brave mentioned? No. no. And it was exceptional. I loved Brave, the story. It looked amazing. It was one of my favorite-looking ones. So... If you didn't see Brave, revisit. So what are your movie recommendations? Mine are... I'm typing them now. <laughs> Can you all see them? No. Okay. Because of the thing where your mind is going one direction and the other, and we're not just talking about standardized twists, and I could add another one, but I won't. And so it's difficult to me to recommend them, because saying they have a twist is telling you they have a twist, but whatever. They're old. So I'm going to say Primal Fear and Unusual Suspects. I don't Primal think Fear I saw Primal Fear. Richard Gere, um, Edward Norton, I believe. Yeah. And then Unusual Suspects, Kevin Spacey, and the other Usual Suspects. I have to groan now when you say Kevin Spacey. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm just saying, that movie, So because it puts me in mind of where you're, 
you're watching and you're going along with the story and there's something hidden that even you can't quite grasp on. You mean like the sixth sense as well? Maybe. Yeah. But so many people figured that one out. <clears throat> bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> if you, yeah, every, they're all, any, but most people you talk to go, uh, oh yeah, I watched The Sixth Sense. It was obvious. I knew all It was that. obvious. Yeah. No, it's not obvious. Um, all right. So, uh, Ace Scully stuff. I have been playing uh, more of Yakuza Zero. Um, I've never played these Yakuza games. There's a lot of them. I think there's seven of them. This is the Zero one. So it's the, while it is not the one that came out first, it's the first in the chronological order of the game. So it was the perfect one to start off with. What I like about this Yakuza game is the story is a very serious, mafia, you know, Japanese mafia story. But then all the side missions are completely stupid. Like, um, there are side missions. Well, I did a side mission yesterday where you meet this guy and he, whatever his name is, is very similar to Steven Spielberg, but he isn't Steven Spielberg, but he is a movie director with a hat on. So he turns up and he said, and it's the eighties in this game. And he says, we want you to film a music video for America. I don't know why, because I am a Yakuza guy. See, these side missions are crazy. And he says, I've got this guy. And this guy sounds an awful lot. His name sounds an awful lot like Michael Jackson, but it's not. So let's say he's, you know, it's a Japanese name, but it sounds like Michael Jackson. So Michael Jackson turns up. Fake Michael Jackson, I guess. And then a load of zombies turn up in the street. And then the the music video is him dancing down the street doing the moonwalk (laughs) and me fighting the zombies off so he can get down the street and Mr. Fake Steven Spielberg filming it. So that's that's a typical side mission in this game. But then you finish that side mission and you go and do a story mission and the story mission is so serious. It's like you're watching The Departed or something. (laughs) So there's a big you have to you have to just take that leap that this is a Japanese game and there's some crazy stuff in it. Like, there was a mission where I met this lady, and she said, oh, I'm a dominatrix, that's my job. And she, but she's really polite. And he keeps, like, saying... And she's saying, I'm not a very good dominatrix, and then she keeps apologizing all the time. And he has to <laughs> explain to her, like, that if you're a dominatrix, you've got to actually drop all that. So you have to kind of, like, reprogram her. And then... She says, will you come and make sure I'm doing okay? So you go to this, like, dungeon, and you're hid in the wardrobe, and she's doing some dominatrix stuff with this dude, and you've got to make sure, like, by giving her, like, signals that she is not polite to him. <laughs> so, you know, it's just bizarre. Like, some of the side missions, I'm playing it for these side missions. Like, the main story is cool and everything, but these, I, every time I come across another side mission, I'm like, what the hell is this? This is just crazy. So, Yakuza 0, it's by Sega. It's very Japanese. In fact, there are, there's no English language in the game. It's all voiced in Japanese. Isn't it just either it is Japanese or it isn't? Well, you know, sometimes they westernize um, Japanese games. And then right. They, this has no English voice recording. It's all subtitled, which is fine, because to me, it wouldn't seem right if they were all speaking English. So, uh, Yakuza 0. Also, what came out this week, after a long wait, is uh, Shenmue 1 and 2. Now, these are games from, like, what, 20 years ago? Both, you know, 20, 18 years ago. 
Um, and Shenmue One and Shenmue One was one of my favorite games on the Dreamcast. So now you can get both Shenmue One and Shenmue Two on the same disc um, for thirty dollars. And the promise is Shenmue Three will come out next year, which will actually finish the saga, which we have been waiting twenty years for that game. So Shenmue One and Two, while they're a remaster of sorts, then they haven't actually done that much to them. They've made them run on newer computers and, and consoles, and they are 1080p, um, but they haven't redrawn anything, so it's all the original textures from back then. So it, it actually doesn't look very good. Do you get what I'm saying? Like the, it, it looks old. Um, the audio is very old sounding. Like back when the Dreamcast it sounds came, great. Yeah, well, it's the, probably <laughs> the best version of Shemu you'll ever play. But back when the Dreamcast came out, the Dreamcast didn't even have a DVD. It was a CD, basically. Like a, it was called a GD-ROM, and it holds six hundred megabytes of disc. I think it might have held a gigabyte with like compressed data. Um, so games back then, the audio was really, really bad it was like the it sounds like it was recorded on a telephone and because Shenmue was such a huge game there was so much audio it was super compressed now this new version still carries those original audio files they haven't actually made the audio sound better so when people talk it sounds very like muffled um but as far as Shenmue goes it is the original Shenmue. It'll probably be the best way to play Shenmue. You don't want to go back and play it on a Dreamcast because, you know, Dreamcast plugs into the TV using one of those yellow cables. It looks awful. <laughs> so you really want to play it this way. And I'm sure a lot of people haven't played Shenmue 1 and 2. And they, when Shenmue 3 comes out next year, they'll want to know what happened. So that's Shenmue 1 and 2. You can get them both. And the other game this, this this week is a week of remastered games is, do you remember the Burnout games, Sid Talk? Yes, I like them. Yes, you did. Do you remember Crash Mode in Burnout? Yes, you that's all that, I like. I don't like racing, I like crashing. Yeah. Now, while this game doesn't really have a Crash Mode, Burnout Paradise was my favorite Burnout game. It was the, It was like the height of when Burnout was a great game. In fact, it was the last Burnout game. And it was an open world. There was like events where you had to crash into cars. There was like races. There was collecting all the... Like like if you played the game Crackdown, you have to collect all the orbs. Well, in, in Burnout Paradise, you have to collect all these billboards and smash through them. There's hundreds of them in the level. You know, it, it, So it was the first racing game where it felt open world. There was loads of cool cars, things to collect places to discover, races to do, online multiplayer. But, it, you know, it was from eight, nine years ago. So if you go and play a copy of that now, again, it looks very dated on new monitors and new TVs. So EA have remastered Burnout Paradise and they've made it in 4K resolution. They have actually gone into this game and redrawn the textures. So it looks like a modern game. Um, it is the best Burnout game. And the best thing about this whole thing is on consoles, it's like 30 bucks. But if you are a PC user and you already had bought Burnout before, like you probably own the older version, if you go on Origin, you can get the remastered version for $5 at the moment, which is crazy because it is an awesome game. It looks like a brand new game again. 
it's still got all the licensed music that you probably love from that game, like Take Me Down to the Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. That was the actual uh, theme tune to this game. They didn't lose the rights to any of the music, so all that music's in there, including Avril Lavigne's Girlfriend, which was always a funny one, because it doesn't really match a racing game at all. <laughs> so uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered, you can get it for five bucks on Origin. It's actually a steal for that price. I mean, it's only $5 if you already own Burnout Paradise, the old version. But a lot of you probably do because they gave it away at some point. Like, if you <laughs> just claimed it on Origin, you've, if, you have a one in, if you have a copy of it in your library, you'll get this for 5 bucks. So, yeah, that's Burnout Paradise Remastered. So, Sid Talk, what is for dinner? Freddy's, 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 Veggie Burgers. We're going to call them Freddy Veggie Burgers now? Freddy Burger. <laughs> Freddy Burgers. <laughs> we're vegetarian, so we don't eat burgers. But we're going to Freddy's Steak Burgers and Custard. We're not going to get custard Black bean either. burgers. Black bean burgers from Freddy's because we do like the sauce and the way the burgers are prepared and the buns are good and that fry sauce you love. Yeah, and the, the little fries that they have are good. Correct. So that's what we're having for summer. All right. And uh, what is your advice? It isn't advice. It is yet another commentary. On human behavior. <laughs> Everybody loves these. Okay. On a, on, a, on a different day, I'll talk about how when people say someone is spoiled, like a little spoiled brat or something, how annoying that is to me. I'm the baby of a family. I get accused of it a lot. I have a logical argument against using that term. Likewise, and the one I'm thinking of today is when people go, oh, you're so opinionated. Fuck off. Everybody's opinionated. <laughs> Everyone has an opinion on everything. And if you pretend you don't, you're lying. So you're a liar. Or if you sit there and nod your head, but you're disagreeing with the person, you actually are opinionated. You're again, you're lying. You're pretending. So you don't get anyone to have to confront you or question your own opinion. That's fine. Everybody is entitled to express their opinions the way they want. But to try to use it as an insult or a put down or a shut up, because that's basically what people are saying a lot of the time. Oh, oh, you're just so opinionated. That means, would you please stop talking? Because I don't like that you're expressing your opinion because it's different from mine. That's really irritating because you're basically telling me your opinion by telling me I'm opinionated. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You're just a bitch or a jerk oh. or an asshole. Ooh. I mean, either any one of these terms, I'm just sick of people when someone expresses an opinion or an attitude or an idea about a thing and the other person wants to shut you down, not add to the discussion, not to say, oh, well, that's what you think. Well, here's what I think. And then talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. And in the end, you may still both disagree because your opinions have been expressed and are different, but both parties have opinions. So if you ever meet me in person and you try to use that as some kind of bullshit insult or I hear you use it against somebody else, I'll probably have and express an opinion about that. Nice. <laughs> so I don't have any advice. That's, just, right. that's just it. Did I, did I mention the title of last week, next week's movie? It's Woman Walks Ahead. <laughs> I just want to make sure you know because, um, you know, you might want to watch it before. Oh, you're giving him some a little homework. Yeah. Woman Walks Ahead. Is it out? Is it released this week, though? You will be able to watch it on digital, if that's where you watch it. 
So you're saying we've got enough listeners so that we might have a crew of people who want to keep up with us and watch every movie we discuss and then hear what we say about it. Exactly. And then when we say spoilers, they don't have to go away because they already saw it. (laughs) I like the way you think. All right. So you can catch us on ascully.com. That's the home of this podcast. You can catch me on Twitter, catch Sid Talk on Facebook. We also have a group for this um, podcast on Facebook called After the Show Movie Podcast. You can catch the podcast itself on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, RSS feed, com slash podcast. You can go there and you can subscribe in many different ways, including YouTube and uh, Amazon's device. Just say, go up to your Amazon device, walk up to it slyly, sneak up, and then say, <laughs> <coughs> A-word. Yeah, we call it A-word, so we don't mention it. Um Listen to After the Show Movie Podcast on TuneIn, and she'll play you the very latest episode. You can also pause and resume on that, by the way, so if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, when you say it again later, it will continue where you left off, which is awesome. You can email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk. And I want to say, uh, stay classy. Everybody involved in this film, great film. It was. And a good first effort from this director, Agreed. Michael Pierce. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone's doing it for you.